0: record collection. This is episode number 22. Don't be alarmed that it dropped a little early this week. It's a bonus episode uh, but I have a little bit of an OCD problem so I'm going to go ahead and number it number 22. So 22 and 23 should both drop this week and in this episode I'm talking to Gomez from an excellent podcast called Playlist Wars. Playlist Wars as you might expect pits a few people against each other. They compile some playlists and they let their listeners vote on who did the best job of putting together the playlist. It could be about a band. It could be about, uh, you know, a topic such as 90s movie soundtracks, that kind of thing. Gomez is going to tell us a little bit about the background of that podcast and uh, his work over there on that fine and very unique show. But that's not all. Gomez has selected his favorite album, and we're going to talk about that as well. And this is an album that is not, it's not in my wheelhouse. This is not a, a, something that I would typically seek out a little bit outside my comfort zone but I appreciate Gomez making me go and listen to it and and experience it and try to get into what it's about and I I may never have really taken a deep dive into the album had he not uh, selected this so I appreciate him doing that and I am very excited to bring this to you and uh, you know sometimes going to have some records that we talk about that maybe aren't in my collection. Sometimes they might not even be my favorite type of music, but uh, records are great. I like records. We're going to talk about all kinds of records on this show. So thanks to Gomez for his selection. Without further ado, let's get to that interview with Gomez from Playlist Wars. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Michael's Record Collection, episode number 22. I'm very happy to have with me from the playlist wars podcast gomez is with me gomez how you doing
1: good good how you doing michael thank you for inviting me on the show tonight i'm really excited i uh, can't wait to start discussing everything here tonight
0: yeah it's one of the things that i've i've found this year and i'm always looking for interesting podcasts and i think that you guys have a really interesting one playlist wars is another way that i think people can think about their record collection in a little different way what you guys do is you guys typically will have a, a third person that's you and Brian Colburn, and you have uh, a guest on, it's usually another podcaster or, or a musician or somebody. And mm-hmm. all three of you will have a, a, either a theme or a band, and you will, you will create a 10 song playlist. And then you will have your listeners vote on who got it right. And mm-hmm. it is a very interesting concept. And it's, I know just from listening that it's really difficult to just pick 10 songs from, you know, any particular artist. I'm uh, I think I might still be traumatized that none of you picked Summer Highland Falls for your Billy Joel show.
1: Yes, I know. I know. And uh, Melissa Boileau is a, she's a huge uh, uh, Billy Joel fan too. And she has her own uh, radio show up in Syracuse too. So big shout out to her. Um, you know, it was, it's difficult when you're talking like a Billy, like a a, a well-known artist like Billy Joel. He's got so many albums, so many great songs, and how do you not just how do you can how do you pick ten? You know what I mean. And it was difficult. Don't get me wrong. That's probably my third hardest playlist I had to do uh, because I truly love Billy Joel, mm-hmm. but I stick with a lot of the good songs that I know that my I was able to incorporate it. Like growing up, I was a big video game movie guy. Uh, I was a you know I always loved music um, not as much like as my uh, my co host Brian Colburn does. He is an encyclopedia of music. He is the true music nerd. Where I come in, his dynamics is unbelievable. You know what I mean? He could pull a cover song from like God knows who and when and how. He just knows. It's like, oh, this guy has a great cover song. Me, with my dynamics of the music, is I, I am the mainstream listener, but I also incorporate movies and video games along with this, which has been a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting listening to you because. You'll remind me on your show of songs that were in movies, and I'm like, Oh, that's right, I forgot about. It. I mean, some of them obviously are iconic, like, no one will ever, no one who has ever seen Fast Times or Ridge High will ever forget moving in stereo was in that movie. But Nobody, a lot of times, you'll say, You'll throw something out, oh, this was in Happy Gilmore, and I'll be like, Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I
1: actually did that with a couple of ones with Mr. Deeds, actually, on the Cars episode, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, it's great.
1: <laughs> and then I actually I pulled another one out of our uh, our monthly crew episode, um, uh, Side, and it was uh, an old old eighties movie, and Brian was kind of shocked, and so was uh, Sean when I said, uh, uh not Sean, Derek, uh, when I brought in uh, saying, you know, like father like son, a Kirk Cameron Dudley Moore movie, and their mouse like dropped to the floor. They're like, you're you're kidding me, right? You're you really brought that up. I said, what What was wrong with that? I thought it was great, uh, but it was fun. You know what I mean? We've had some awesome, awesome people that have come in with us. Uh, you know, as you as you heard some of us, we just actually just released a new episode as of the other night uh, with one of our old friends from high school, actually uh, Doug Miller. Mm-hmm. And we just did 90s hip hop. And let me tell you, that was my third difficult one. (laughs) That was really hard to do. You're talking 90s as we, uh, if you heard the episode, we talk about how the 90s was the golden era of music. And we talked, me and Doug really took over the show a little bit over Brian, because Brian, like I said, is a huge, huge music. But when it came to the, the 90s hip hop, me and Doug, just like, we dug into it pretty hard. And, you know, we paid homage to DMX, Notorious B.I.G., Nas, Jay-Z, uh, you know, Bob Deep. These are so many iconic hip hop artists at that time and still are. But, you know, and I, was, and I referenced in that show was like how hip hop is totally different from now to what we used to listen to in the 90s. And that's why they said and Brian said is a good point. That was the golden era of hip hop where it all started the flow for everybody now. You know what I mean? Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, so you you mentioned your third hardest. What was the hardest show you've ever had to make a playlist for?
1: You're going to laugh at me when I tell you Weird Al with uh, Lauren Carey from the Beard Al podcast. Yeah, I I could Uh, see how that would be difficult. It was very difficult because Brian and Lauren are very well versed into Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. Mm -hmm. You know, they went with some good songs. I went with a lot of his parodies. It was very difficult to choose all these songs you know like i think i ended my playlist with taco grande and man did people people loved it they're like i can't believe you ended the show that way that's your top 10 but i was like going what would make you know again a i'm a huge fan of all types of music but who what how would i choose a song for weird al and that was very difficult and man that took me a while yeah
0: I haven't listened to that one yet. I haven't gotten to all of them. Did anybody pick one more minute?
1: I believe someone did, but I can't remember who. Okay. It's um, well, a little bit that. off
0: the beaten path. There was a great video for it, but it's not like a parody song. So people. No, think no.
1: It. I would think maybe Lauren did As if I'm trying to find it right now. Oh, here it is. Weird Al. One more minute. You know what? No, no one picked it. Wow okay so again it, it just there's so no 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 I take that back mr Brian Colburn that was track seven for him so okay. Okay, he <laughs> did so he did pick it he you know and that was a, a great episode with Lauren that was our episode 13 and we had so much fun with her she was really cool really down to earth and man does she know her weird out too
0: yeah um that's she, great I mean that's one of the things that I've noticed is you guys are, are really good at picking the right guest for the right artist it seems
1: like it, you know what I, I I feel like we've been blessed with a lot of great people that have come on our show people have reached out to us we I think maybe one or two guests we reached out to uh, we did uh, the, the first guest we really reached out to was uh, John Laurie from the band Tantric mm-hmm. um, he is another uh, musician that first of all knows his music and goes into details and he was actually in two of our shows already he was in our Eric church episode, which was episode number two for us. And then he came back later on with a led Zeppelin with episode nine. And he's unbelievable. Now I am not a huge, huge country guy. So to make my second episode, Eric church, that was very difficult too. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, uh, to listen to other music to kind of learn a little bit more where people are coming from. I'll tell you, I, I could listen to Eric Church now with not a problem because it was very interesting and he had some great songs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm interested in how you and Brian got started with this and, and how, like, who came up with the idea? How did you start talking about it? And what, you know, how did this whole
1: thing come about? So uh, I've known Brian for over 25 years. Um, Brian and I date back all the way to high school. Well, actually, he was in high school. I was in eighth grade, so I was a, a pre-freshman, let's just say. <laughs> um, he was my senior buddy for the day, and people thought we were twins at that time because Brian was a big guy like me. Uh, we both were offensive linemen. And, you know, I just took it as like, wow, I could hang out with this guy and get in anywhere almost, like into bars when we get older, which that's a whole nother story when I got older. <laughs> <laughs> we just clicked. Uh, he went to Catawba for two years for football, then he transferred up to Montclair. We always kept in touch. When he was up here in Jersey, he always come and visit the team, the games. We always say, what's up? And as I graduated, we've gotten to know each other better. We've gotten closer. And Brian is a big musician guy, too. Mm -hmm. Um, He's in a band. He's got his band. He's got his band, Colburn and Company, which just played uh, last weekend, actually. uh, Beneducci's over here in New Jersey. True, true awesome musician. He could play bass, guitar, can sing very well, too. And, you know, we just clicked as friends. And as the time has gone on, I, I've been there for, you know, when he got engaged, when he got married, his kids, just like he's been there for me. And I just consider him a brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one point uh, last winter I uh, I tore my knee up. I tore my MCL. So I'm waiting with this whole COVID thing. You know, I kind of threw to Brian. I'm like, yeah, what do you think about starting a podcast part time with me? You know what I mean? And he mm-hmm. was in the middle of another podcast at that time. As the time, you know, got older, and he's like, you know, I, would, I love the idea of maybe working with you on something. And Brian came up with the idea with Playlist Wars. I threw the idea because I'm a sports video game, and I know he loves the music, so we're going to incorporate everything. Mm-hmm. So he kind of said, why don't we do something called Playlist Wars? I go, okay, I love I love the title. I love it. It's catchy. It's something different. And I go, but what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so he goes we talk about a band so for instance like we did metallica episode one with mm-hmm. our with one of my old friends jay too uh drummer jay as we call him he's actually the drummer for colburn and company too okay the idea was supposed to be us three and a guest but with his work schedule and everything he really couldn't do it and we totally get it so he, he's a reappearing uh, special guest for us Um, He was with us with Metallica and uh, he also did the cars with us, which I believe was episode seven. Okay. So he was on with both of those shows with us and, you know, he's a great guy. So when we were going to commit to this, he just said, I can't with work. I get it. So Brian and I decided to do special guests. So of course, first one we got in was with drummer Jay and that was Metallica. And then Brian reached out to John Laurie from, um, Triple Addiction, which is a local band in uh, I think it was in Hunterton County, New Jersey, uh, which Mm -hmm. he knew John and John was already on the band Tantric. So you know, he popped in for the two episodes with us and it's been awesome and you know, Brian came up with the idea and I just rolled with it and you know uh, my first uh, mic and everything was a a blue Eye snowball and a a video game earpiece to my laptop (laughs) and uh, it was kind of funny. Brian said, you know, in six months, you're going to change your mic. That's like, no, no, I love this mic too much. And, <coughs> you know, lo and behold, Father's Day, my uh, my wonderful in-laws bought me a brand new uh, Rudy mic, my new microphone for my Father's Day's gift, which was unexpected. It was so awesome. You know what I mean? Um, but the episodes have gotten funnier, have gotten awesome. And I, I we have so much going on. It's I can't believe it many people are reaching out to us and saying, I want to be on the show. Yeah. You know, and it's been awesome. <laughs>
0: it sounds like fun. And it's also sounds like it's a lot of work because you've, like I said, you said, uh, you know, I listened to your cars episode. I listened to, I think you guys did Tom Petty, mm-hmm. a few others. And I'm, I'm listening to them and going, I don't know how you could leave out this song or this song or this song or this song, but you, you only get 10, you only get 10. You get ten. You have to come up with, and, and it's interesting listening to you guys strategize for votes because your listeners vote for the best playlist, or, or you know who you guys always say who got it right, and I always say who got it most right because <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody ever gets it all the way right in that kind of a situation. But where did that idea come from? We'll have everybody vote on who had the best playlist
1: um well it was a it was a combination of me and brian we were trying to figure out like how do we get votes how do we do this and again it was uh you know during the COVID time and it was during my i was almost fully recovered from my knee surgery and everything it was in you know it was just this year in 2021 you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's like i think in the month of february we're throwing the idea around and uh in march we started recording to see how we would do and see how i would like the show we recorded the first five episodes before we launched and we i just said brian i'm hooked i really am enjoying too much of this we're having a great time and it just evolved and brian and i we sat down we were on which is kind of funny we were on a zoom call me and him and we worked on a website together Mm -hmm. you know right there boom brian is a true art of his work because he works in the in the industry of doing uh editing and everything so brian just went to work with me right there i would throw him an idea how would you think of this he brian would throw his idea we would talk through the day through text messaging um you know call each other once in a while say hey what do you think of this and it just came together and that's something i love what we did i mean we're still a very green podcast yeah and it's just amazing the attention and I can't thank everybody on Twitter. It's like the cool podcast family. Everyone helps out each other and I've met, well, I haven't met really anybody through Twitter, but I mean, <laughs> through, through the show, through tweeting, I have met a lot of great people so far.
0: Yeah. It is a good community. It's a, it's a good, good bunch of people out. There's a lot of, there's a lot of music shows, a lot of podcasts about music. There's not a lot of good podcasts about music, but, you do tend to find them as you, as you look around and, and Mm -hmm. um, some of them are, are very under the radar. They don't do tons of downloads. Some of them don't have tons of followers, but I find that a lot of those are the best ones. Like a lot of the ones that are really well-known are just kind of like overproduced and a little too slick and commercial and by the numbers.
1: But yeah, they're by the numbers. We, you know, I've, we've gotten a lot of compliments of through other podcasters who we've, talk to saying you guys are so chill you're natural you're a lot of fun we're keeping it like the way we are every me and brian every day Mm -hmm. like i said we're we are best friends he i consider him a brother you know we love our kids all together he's got a great family love his parents just how he loves my family my parents my in-laws everybody so me and brian are very very close and that's why i say he's like my brother
0: Yeah. Well, I think Um, the strength of your show is your friendship because that's what makes it so natural. The interplay between you two is so natural because you are friends and you're close.
1: Yeah. And we and we bust on each other. I don't know if you ever heard. I don't know if you heard the U2 episode.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, The Christmas song.
1: (laughs) Yes. The Christmas song. (laughs) Infamous Christmas song. That's been an ongoing joke. Now, Chris Hartman from the film Exiles podcast. He's another high school buddy of mine, too. Mm -hmm. Me and Brian own him from high school. So, you know, when he brought up that whole Christmas song thing, we were like, What? <laughs> you, you could hear the mic drop, but that's been like the ongoing joke too. So, like almost every episode, if not every other episode, I go, Hey Brian, you didn't pick a Christmas song again, did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think when Christmas time comes, he might win that when we get to that point. <laughs> but um, you know, we're we're excited where everyone is um giving us little introductions before we go on. You know what I mean? It's been a great thrill. I yeah. mean, I got people who, go, who voted Team Gomez on Twitter the other night. I was like, <laughs> that, this is awesome. I got Team Gomez. I never thought of it.
0: Are you guys keeping a running tally of, of who wins the most?
1: Yes, we do. We are. We do have a tally. Brian is actually the head of that. You know, Brian's got some wins. I have some wins. And then there's a few that Brian and I are totally tied. Mm-hmm. um you know uh so we are going to be releasing we are we are discussing so we um we were thinking about doing episodes now when you do a season we were talking about doing seasons mm-hmm. and then we are changing our format a little bit so what we're doing is like every other every 10 episodes we'll have a bonus episode to reveal the winners for me and brian if we win great if uh the special guest wins even better you know what i mean Mm-hmm. The whole fun of it is we want to hear from, as we're, we're calling everybody, playlisters, the play listeners, uh, playlisters, listeners, mm-hmm. playlisters. That is something that we had on Twitter and people voted on it. I thought Playlist Warriors was going to win, but I was wrong. I like that one better because it just reminds me of my WWE days, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like Hulk Hogan with his brother. And I'm just going to say yeah. Warriors, you know, so that didn't work out. So I'm cool with it. You know, we listen to the, we listen to the listeners, not the fans. I'm not going to call them fans. I love to hear them listen to us and the reactions that we've gotten. uh, I have a couple of people like Gomez all the way. Gomez had it right, you know, and there's going to be times that I didn't get it right. (laughs) I feel there's a couple episodes. I did not get it right. And I'm surprised I did. Brian's been keeping tabs and he's been telling me and we have a, you know, a (laughs) schedule. Where, you know, like you said, how hard it is to do the scheduling. So what Brian and I do, we have a playlist war schedule where we're talking to seeing the the status, if it's uh, being scheduled, what's been live, what's been posted, what's being edited. And then I do a a promo video right the day of the the release of the episode, new episode alerts, as I call them. Uh And it's just a little hype up video, 30 seconds, not even. You know, telling them, hey, we're talking about this, 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 and this. Go vote on PlaylistWarsPodcast.com. Vote for who got it right and check us out for the next battle. And it seems that it's been getting a lot of attention that way too. And it's kind of funny. Everyone's asking us how we're doing it. Well, you know, Brian does it at his time and then I do it at my time too. So if I got a 5, 10, 15 minutes at work where I could just jump on the computer quick, and look at the next episode and see who I gotta look at. I'm gonna knock out maybe two songs. Just write down my notes when I get home, when I put the kids to bed, I'm back on my laptop typing away, listening to my wife, and <laughs> doing all that too. My wife being the biggest supporter, so are my kids. She loved the idea, because again, you know, during the whole COVID time, I really wasn't seeing anybody or talking to anybody. You know, besides, you know, phone calls, text messages but we yeah. weren't seeing anybody. Um, you know, my son was born during COVID. So no one really got to see my son yet either. So it's been difficult.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it's been rough. It's been a rough, uh, a weird couple of years
1: here for us. <laughs> yeah, it has, it has, uh, especially, you know, working in the retail side of it. It's been very difficult.
0: What are your favorite bands that you guys haven't covered yet?
1: Uh, one of them, my favorite bands uh, is Lincoln park. Um, yeah. We were gonna have Amanda Walsh from Striking a Chord, but she had some a little situation. She's taking some time off, which I get. You know, we wish her the best on what's been going on, and you know, we we told her we'll welcome her back soon. As she, you know, uh, to be a guest on our show anytime she wants. Uh, just like anybody else who jumps <clears throat> on our show, we, we we're, you're welcome back with open arms. You know, we actually um, we did uh, Rob Felicetti from Bowling for Soup, which was awesome. We found, we, we talked to a band member. Of the band we're talking about,
0: <laughs> and yeah, that was a, that was an interesting show because you're you're doing a top ten list each of you for a band, and one of the guys in the band is right
1: there with you. Yeah, and that was actually <laughs> a lot of fun. So you know, and that's been the great part of it, you know, having John Laurie from Tantric, Triple Addiction, having Rob uh, Fel- Felicetti from Bowling for Soup. I mean, we've had some great people, you know, Melissa Boylou, the uh, Boylo, uh, the huge Billy Joel fan from Songs from the Attic podcast, um, my buddy Doug Miller, uh, we're going to have John Pritchard from Well Disguised, and some of these guys, you'll know, you'll remember the names from the Twitter world, because this is where we met half of the people.
0: Yeah, it's a really good concept. I'm, I've enjoyed it, and like I said, I think it, it gives people a chance to really think about their record collections in a different way, a new way, because they're you sort of provoke that thought of like, what would mm-hmm. I, you know, what would I pick if I were on the show? And then you, it, it really makes you go back and revisit those albums and, and you go back and listen to them. Cause I always think I'll probably do terribly in the voting because I'm a deep cut guy. I'm usually the guy who's sick of the, the hits. Brian, I know Brian always brings up that wasn't even a single. And I'm like, well, that's kind of okay. You know, It's okay. Well, that it wasn't a single.
1: It's perfectly fine, but yeah. he's gotten good votes for it though.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's some episodes, I think there was, um, you know, I think Brian is leading the Metallica episode, which I was kind of surprised. But then again, it, it goes upon what people love to hear. Yeah. You know, everyone's different when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. music, Music is certainly subjective. And, you know, like I said, you guys, I think it's good. You guys each have your own sort of methodology when you go in of of how you're going to attack the the top 10 list especially when it's a a guest or an artist that's got an expansive catalog you know you have to go in with a little bit of a strategy and and so it's not just let me pick my 10 favorite songs although sometimes it is just about picking your 10 favorite songs sometimes it's about strategy it's like i have to pick some some songs from the popular albums but i also want to cover the entire catalog and sometimes you you don't cover the entire catalog you stick with like a four or five album arc because that's when they were really good
1: yeah
0: and sometimes you go with the hits sometimes you try to dig a little deeper and try to get the votes from the, the 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 super fans that you know are more you know willing to vote for songs that weren't as as you know played on the radio as much so it's there's all kinds of stuff going on and then meanwhile you've got a guest who comes in and a lot of times they have an expertise and they've you know they've heard the songs millions of times, and they're they're just ready to give you what they think. And and a lot of times it's really personal. It's a lot of times it's, you know, my dad used to sing me this song, so I've got to include it in my ten. And I right. you was know, like, really? That's kind of a real deep cut. But <laughs> everybody's got their own stuff.
1: Uh, actually, you too was a great example uh, for me. A uh, uh, beautiful day. I ended that my track list on that episode with beautiful day because that was the montage for me and my wife's wedding day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember that. That's right.
1: And it was kind of funny. We got married in July and you know how it is in the summer. It's always hot and Mm. humid, especially in New Jersey. But our day of our wedding, it turned out to be the most perfect, beautiful day you could ever expect it. Low humidity in the eighties. Wasn't sweating. (laughs) <laughs> couldn't ask for a much better day. That's that's the best way. And I was so happy that uh, my wife, Laura, and I picked that song for the montage. And it was it was just, it, you couldn't ask for a better day, though. Yeah. So it, that song meant a lot to me, too. And I know there was a couple songs for Chris that meant a lot for him, too.
0: Did I hear on one of your shows that you mentioned that either, I don't remember if it was you or Brian, but I thought it was you, said you're from
1: Bergen County? I was from Bergen County. Okay. Yes, that was, well, we both were. Brian used to live in a town called Wallington. I used to live in Rutherford. Okay. So I was
0: I, actually born in Middlesex, New Jersey. My my grandparents, we used to visit all the time, lived in Waldwick.
1: Okay. Up North Bergen County, as I call yeah. it. <laughs> so that's a small world.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I, I think that most of the podcasters I listen to are from New Jersey or New York
1: or Long, you know, New York City or Long Island. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, but I, a lot of these guys are really awesome, man. Some of these podcasters do a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got to meet um, uh, another great one, uh, especially for a sports fanatic, um, Justin Pennick from Talking Giants. He is a huge Giants fan. Uh-huh. We just did something with him the other night. And, you know, that episode will be coming out soon in September. And let me tell you, he picked some great songs. He picked a couple of deep cuts, too, for what we were working on. And I'll tell you, it was amazing to work with a gentleman like him. Um, he's actually a little bit younger there, but he just knew how to pick good songs. Um, we were excited to work with him. Um, you know, we're looking forward to um, uh, we were talking to Jim uh, James Whistle, from a major mixtape, uh, Brian and I just did interviews with him too. Mm-hmm. He's another great guy, a great podcaster. Like with like you, Michael, you know, awesome to talk to, easy to talk to, you know, nice and chill. And and that's something we love, you know what I mean. And yeah. that's something we we praise people like yourself and and uh, and and Jason and everybody who's been with us. It's been an awesome, awesome thing that we've been working with here.
0: So you and I talked about the fact that we're going to talk about your favorite record tonight. Yes. Before we do that, I want to, a lot of times people wait till the end of the show to do this, and I often do, but I want, while this is fresh in everybody's mind, I want you to tell people where they can find Playlist Wars.
1: Oh yeah, not a problem. So Playlist Wars is really simple. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and you can check us out on Instagram, which is uh, Playlist Wars Podcast. We have our website too playlistwarspodcast.com where you can listen to all the episodes archives and you can actually vote for us you can find us on our twitter handle Playlist Wars. Uh, Brian can be found at twitter at, at Brian Colburn and you can find me at Gomez um, mm-hmm. you'll know it's me because I'm the big guy <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know we are found just about anywhere man and yeah. you know the rotation of everybody helping us out through the twitter family uh, as I call them now has been awesome
0: Another cool thing about your podcast, obviously, is that in order to give people an opportunity to listen to your podcast, you actually create the playlist, and people can go and listen to them.
1: Yes, uh, we we actually have a a Spotify account just for Playlist Wars that actually houses uh, my list, Brian's list, and the special guests, so they could actually hear the music if they would if they're driving mm-hmm. after the show and say, "Wow, wait a minute, now I see why he picked it." Um, so sometimes that does help out people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes if we explain it maybe they want to hear it again yeah and they're like oh that's why i get it now
0: it gives people opportunity to see how the playlist flows and how it falls together sometimes you guys do them like it's an album and you're flipping it over and you got to kick that second side off with a banger sometimes Mm -hmm. you do it like it's a concert and then you got to you got to have the big encore song at the end it's really interesting but it it gives people a, a chance to hear them especially if you guys go with a deep cut you know it'll give people a chance to go and listen to that deep cut that they might not be familiar with
1: exactly like uh how, Brian will always say this during the middle at, you know at this point is the halftime this is where <laughs> you stick your pencil on the cassette tape rewind that thing again <laughs> press play this is where you let the cd go this is where you let your ipad ipod go and i'm like well, Brian i think we just stream now i think we just skip all that and just go to the streaming you know just for the jokes yeah because it's kind of funny you know might I guess the millennials are now. These are the millennials. I think they're called now. They don't realize, and this is why I bring up some of the times. Like I talk about, MTV actually had music. It was not all about reality TV back in the day. Yeah, you did listen to Z one hundred or you know Y one hundred or you know any radio station on an actual radio in a car. Cell phones were big. Zach Morris cell phones. If you ever watched Saved by the Bell, those used to be the cell phones we used to have. And you had to pay a lot more money than you do now. So there's these little odds and ends that I always like to say, because if the younger generation is listening, I think it's awesome to kind of show them how we used to live back in the 80s and 90s, the early 2000s, before iPhones came out, before laptops came out, before even podcasts came out. Like, Mm -hmm. how did you listen to the news?
0: Yeah, it's it's really difficult to explain how interesting radio once was to – anyone you know that's that's young today because they've radio has not been very good for a long time now and no we used to have djs would play whatever they wanted especially at night they would play full album sides if they wanted to they'd play live tracks from some bootleg that they found and it, it, you, you never knew what you were going to hear it was pretty great now it's not like that i don't think no. i've listened to a regular radio station in a decade probably
1: I, i'm the same way i either it was through my ipod or, or my iphone or now like you know Spotify, apple music uh what amazon music uh, you got music everywhere on, streaming online good pods too now you know where you can find podcasts you know things like this it, it's 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 awesome to have an opportunity to listen to other things from other stations too you know what i mean like yeah you could, you could pop in and say 90s hip hop, you know what I mean? And you get a whole bunch of different playlists, which is awesome. So yeah. you get a different feel for what the music was like back in the day.
0: Yeah. All right. So tell us what record are we talking about today?
1: So one of my favorite records re- released in uh, 2000 is uh, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. Um, tell you, it was probably my first love of. I guess you can say new metal besides Limp Bizkit, but Mm -hmm. there was something different about Linkin Park, about their their music, about them, the band. Everyone called them new metal or alternative metal. I was more like, I found them to be like a rap rock group. You know what I mean? It was something different, fresh at that time. I mean, I love all their albums. Don't get me wrong. I have all of them. But when I think of it, this was probably my all-time favorite one. It has helped me out along the way. You know, with some of their songs, you know, in my personal life uh, at the time uh, where I needed it the most, this was probably the most helpful record for me. You know, and it was probably, if I remember correctly, I think in its it was the best-selling debut album since uh, Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction, 1987. So that just shows you, you know, how far they've gone. Yeah, these guys. And I'll tell you, probably one of my Still to this day, even though Chester's gone, still one of my favorite bands. I love hearing the music. Matter of fact, in today's uh, huge storm that we had leaving work, I was actually blasting Linkin Park on my way home just because, you know, just needed it to wake up because we had a huge rainstorm that came out of nowhere today and it was pretty powerful, flooding everywhere. So it took me a while to get home. So I pretty much heard the whole <laughs> album. hmm uh coming home today so it was yeah. it was great you know what I mean I
0: live in Florida so I'm well aware of uh, how quickly a, a thunderstorm can move in but I'm going to throw oh, you yeah. a curveball because you actually just threw me a curveball because when we talked about this you told me that meteora was the the album that you wanted to talk about
1: oh yeah i'm sorry it was both it was both Uh, either
0: you mentioned you mentioned hybrid theory as a like a an also hybrid theory like as the second one so i listened to meteora i did listen to hybrid theory also but i listened to lincoln
1: park Meteora was another one that actually helped me out through my life too i won't lie Uh, both of those albums really did help a lot because those were two of my favorite and probably the two most i could actually how can i say uh That really helped me of my life too. Um, You know, it was three years later actually that this uh, the album came out in two thousand three, and um, this one actually between this and I think it was, I I think some songs from Hybrid Theory, is when they did an awesome mix with um, Jay Z, in the Collision Course album a year later. But you're talking songs from Somewhere I Belong, Faint, Numb, Breaking the Habit. Some of these were in movies Mm -hmm. Some of these were just unbelievable Chester, Mike Shinoda, Mr. Han All these guys in the band Was just unreal Again, something that As anybody who's suffering from Anxiety or depression And you know, at this point in my life um, My father passed away um, Between these two albums Thank you Um, And one thing I always it It was always hard to discuss about this And my father was my, my best friend, my dad, and my brother kind of wrapped in one growing up. I was the only child, but my dad was my hugest supporter. So when somewhere I belong came out and I was listening to the song, I was trying to say, where do I belong now in the world? And it just hit me. It's like, you know what? You got to keep working. You got to keep going. Your dad, no matter what happens, is going to be looking at you, looking down on you. And no matter what you do, he's proud of you. Mm -hmm. And the collaboration of uh, Mayorda and Hybrid Theory, both of these albums. That's why I say it was was both of these albums, but mostly Mayorda because they had a more of a deeper cut album than Hybrid Theory, too. So you were correct. So thank you for correcting me. (laughs) It's okay. Um, It's been a long couple of days for me here at work. So it it brought up a lot of things for me, but also the, the, the record calmed me down, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, were you um, were you an early adopter of of Lincoln Park? Were you on board from like the get go? Were you out buying like when when the second album came out? Were you out at the record store the day it came out to get it?
1: Pretty much, yeah, I was. Yeah. As soon as they announced it when it was coming out, I uh, I remember as again they had pre-orders for this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I pre-ordered the uh, the big album, you know what I mean? Because I wanted everything because I loved the band and. Again, as soon as I heard it, I just fell in love with it, just like I did Hybrid Theory. Hearing Chester just sing the notes to the songs that he and Mike actually wrote together at some points, uh, it was just unreal. I know the producer was um, uh, Don Gilmore uh, on this with the guys and it's just powerful power, powerful album, you know, the mm-hmm. writings it does talk a little bit about Personal things in the band's life probably, which you know, sometimes helps out. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things was breaking the habit was one of the songs that I remember. And for me, breaking the habit was probably like breaking drinking for me at one point, because that used to be my my clutch for a long time. And I remember hearing that song I'm like, well, I gotta start breaking the habit too. You know what I mean? And it just happened, you know what I mean? And it's just one of those songs that helped you figure out what life is gonna be. Just hearing the music, the, the the guitar riffs, the the DJing of it, the way Mike Shinoda raps, the way Chester could just belt out lyrics, um, especially with uh, Somewhere I Belong, was just unreal. Faint is another one, so is Numb. Mm-hmm. So they just had a the greatest word from a movie that I'm going to use, a plethora of songs from Three Amigos there. So it was just overall one of my favorite albums still to this day. Do I still have the CD? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I will, ha- I have it in my CD case. It will never leave. My daughter did ask daddy, what is this? I called, this is called a CD, not a DVD CD. <laughs> so she was laughing because she didn't know what that was. And I get yeah. it because now the cars don't have CD players these
0: days. Yeah. Are you, so are you mostly a streamer? Is that how you do most of your listening?
1: Yeah, now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, before that it was, you know, you heard something through the online. That's how I streamed uh, before, you know. Before I got my car, you know. Now it's easy. I connect my iPhone. Okay, there it is. Yeah. You know, Michael's record, you know, record collection, or Playlist Wars, or Well Disguised Podcast, or She Will, well, She Will Rock Podcast, or any of mm-hmm. those guys. You know what I mean? I have all their podcasts. So if I feel like listening to the podcast, I will. Yeah. Or if I have you know several playlists now. On my on my Spotify list because of I you know as I'm doing the music and I'm writing my 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 antidotes for the songs I, I listen to the music again and say why did I pick this why did I do this just like you know when you asked me what was my all time favorite album this is definitely you know one of them it, it just flows this whole album flowed perfectly for me mm-hmm. and it just it brings a lot to me you know lie, uh, hit the floor easier to run. Those were a couple of deep cuts because no one really expects anybody to hear it. Figure 0.09 is another one that was in actually the movie um, SWAT with Colin Farrell. Okay. And people don't realize it like, wow, wait a minute. He's right. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> there's, there's a lot of great stuff, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. why I, I love this album. I love everything about this guys. And, you know, and it's sad that Chester's no longer with the band. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately he had some real, real issues. And I think some of the music that they made, for the albums could have been the issues that Chester was suffering from. And no one really noticed because maybe singing the music was escape to make him feel better.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of songs about pain. A lot of songs about anger, you know, certainly emotional subject matter. When you told me you wanted to listen to this record or wanted to discuss this record. And I, I was of two minds because one way outside my wheelhouse, okay. Way outside my comfort zone. It was, it's, I dismiss bands like this very quickly because
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of people say, Oh, I like all kinds of music. I will gladly tell you I am not a rap guy. I am okay. not a rap uh, guy uh, at all. But and I get it. <laughs> at the same time, I was interested to go back and explore and see what it was that was good about it and find out what it was that made this a popular band and why so many people liked it. Because you know, I'd like to at least understand music. I don't want to just like crap on it for no reason. I want to like, let me get into it and figure out what it is. I like about it, what I don't like about Mm -hmm. it. And then I I have some kind of a basis of, of understanding. I can at least discuss it. So let's get into it a little bit. This is an album that starts off with like a little 13 second intro track called forward. Uh, Just some kind of metallic industrial noises, kind of not really sure what it is or represents. I didn't really look that deeply into it. it. Ends with the sound of breaking glass, and then just kind of goes right into the first proper track. Don't stay. So, right. what does that? What does that first track say to you? Uh, what do you think the guys are going for there?
1: I mean, from when I heard the song "Don't Stay," it just feels like they're trying to figure out what is going on with them, maybe, and you know, maybe there's something going on with a band member because it says "Don't Stay." just don't remember me. I think it was part of the lyric and it was just one of those songs that it, it could stick with you a little bit because you don't know what people are going through, you know? Uh, it, and it's also, it, you know, when you think about it, could it be something that someone did to them in the past for all I know? You know what I mean? It was just one of those albums that the song that, I didn't get a lot of playing time, but when you hear it, it's kind of, it did, you know, it, it is radio friendly. I'm not saying it isn't, mm-hmm. but there's a meaning to it. Um, there was a changing of emotions in that song. You know, it, is it filled with anger a little bit, but it could be emotions of a breakup. It could be emotions of somebody uh, hurting somebody. It could be someone kind of dissing somebody, something like that. So that's how I would take uh, Don't Stay.
0: Mm-hmm it starts with a really good riff. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that for me, one of the highlights of, of listening to this album was to find out, um, you know, just to just to hear that good crunchy guitar riffs that, that Brad Delson is laying down. Oh yeah. I think that's really good. I didn't know really what a good singer Chester Bennington was like when he tries to sing and he's not doing the new metal screams and he's just like actually hitting notes. He's a very, very good singer. He um, is and uh, so that was something that you know stood out to me. Some of the things i didn't like kind of permeated the album from start to finish. I grew up on records, so scratching mm-hmm. sound a, a record scratching sound to me is an awful, awful sound which I guess I mean it's something that's not supposed to happen, and all through this album it, it's like oh no
1: <laughs> no, no, I get it. I mean, um I grew up in you know, I was growing up as a kid. I was more into hip hop back in the day before I became listening to Metallica's Kid Rocks and everybody. So for me, hearing the DJ scratch the record the way it was, you know, at that point meant to be scratched, it's like, oh, my God, I really want to do that. <laughs> uh, of course, I did get in trouble with my uncle's records. I did scratch a few off because oh. I was pretending to be a DJ because, uh, you know, you learn from um DMC, you hear all yeah. these hip and I did scratch a couple, you know, yeah. good records for him, which I didn't mean to. It was, it was just <laughs> one of those things.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it's a good way to ruin some turntables too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not the right kind of I... turntable. <laughs> no, no, no. It's kind of funny, you know. I I I, I did get in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uncle, and mom, dad were not too thrilled with me on that one.
0: Yeah, somewhere I belong is the next one, I, and again, I wrote down bennington's soft vocals are really really strong where does this one kind of rank for you on the album really
1: this would be my number one uh, Mm -hmm. for me because at the time uh, i was kind of lost when i lost my dad Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: when i heard this song it's just like where do i belong first of all like you said chester's singing of the song one of the best yeah um and the, the way they go together uh, with uh, Chester and Mike singing, you know, I want to heal. I want to feel what I thought was never real. It makes me wonder if it was going through a pain of losing somebody or, you know, getting to, again, emotional breakup, possibly, because, you know, I want to feel that something's real. Mm-hmm. I thought it was never real. Like, could it be like someone, a lost loved one? Like for me, it was like my losing my dad. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, I want to heal. I want to feel that I thought was never real was a great line for me. Yeah. And when I, he says, I want to find something I've wanted all along somewhere I belong. And I'll tell you, I had a group of great friends before I met my wife. And they made me feel where I belong anywhere. Doesn't matter. I, I, I had fun with them. I had a great time with them. And the day I met my wife, it was the day I knew um, you know, I was going to be happy for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. So the lyrics made you connect with this song on an emotional level. Yes. You made an emotional connection with this song. Yeah, it sounded like from what you were saying uh, at the beginning of our talk, that this would be, you know, one of your favorites. So I definitely wanted to to check on that. We're going to Lying From You, again, I think that the soft vocals are great. I thought the guitar riffs were great. Again, the rap doesn't do anything for me. I, I came to the conclusion listening to this album that as long as you just wrote songs, uh I could probably do without Mike Shinoda in the band and maybe mm-hmm. Joe Hahn as well and then I think you'd have a really good metal band
1: <laughs> if it was just Chester you're right cuz I'm a I metal that's... guy I
0: grew up on Judas Priest and and um Iron Maiden and Scorpions and bands like that so to me these are guys that you know like my dad would tell me oh these guys all they can do is scream and I'm like no they're they're actually hitting notes and then when right. new metal came along, I kind of felt that way with new metal singers is that they would, mm-hmm. they would actually just scream and I'm not hearing notes anymore. And for me, melody right. is everything in music.
1: And then when you're in, in, and that's the thing too, when you think about it, like I, uh, I, like I said, I didn't grow up on heavy metal or, you know, screaming metal as everyone says. So I was introduced to like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest later in my years. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know who they were, but then, as I was growing up, I got introduced to Metallica, Lincoln park, Olympus, kid, Rock, you know, as the times have grown on. And then I'm like, you know, I want to hear, like, I, I used to listen to Ozzy back in the day. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, you know, a true representation, you know, black Sabbath. And I'm like, who are these guys, you know? But as I got older, I appreciate the music because now when you look at, uh, some of the music today, it, they date back to some of these guys like queen, uh, David Bowie, uh Linkin Park uh Metallica Kid Rock took samplings off for everybody you know what mm-hmm. i mean and that's showing the appreciation i think of the 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 genre of back in the day as i say now like the the 60s the 70s the 80s the 90s you know these these musicians are just paying homage i feel like you know yeah
0: yeah and that's i think it's the way it's intended it's also a, a respect factor because they're finding when they sample something they're sampling something because it sounds cool they're mm-hmm. not sampling something just to rip something off so that's important an important thing to to me when people say oh it's just it's just ripping off and i'm like it's really it's really showing a, a respect and a reverence for that music like when uh uh you know, i think it was tone loke had a big sample from van halen's Jamie's crying
1: yes yes and I'm he like, did
0: that is that is you know i'm not into the song but i think that the guy has great taste in music (laughs)
1: you know and again it's don't forget it's it's a great thing or don't forget when aerosmith collaborated with run dmc with walk Mm -hmm. this way uh another great uh hit album that they had It, it just again everyone has their taste in music this is why i love about our show at playlist wars because you could definitely do different things yeah everyone's different.
0: Yeah. Art hits everybody's everybody's pleasure centers a different way. It's everything is subjective.
1: Again, you know, it could be something I could say, Hey, this is the reason I love this song because it's a major hit, but then there's something in there that like, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. There's there's deeper thoughts into the song. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's something that I always try to, you know, if you hear some of my episodes, I always try to portray something in my life the movies, the video games, because I want people to realize this is genuine for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and that's something like I feel like with Linkin Park, that's what they did. Yeah. It was something genuine. Even though, like you said, I get where you're coming from too, as you're a huge fan of Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and that pays the homage to them too, if you think about it coming yeah. up. I wouldn't say Linkin Park totally, but. You can hear where they're coming from with some of that band, you know, back in the day.
0: Some of that crunchy riff is is directly, can't you know, sprung from those earlier albums. Hit the Floor is the fifth track. And I really like this the subtle guitar riff under the rap verses. Of course, yes. I'm not, not big on the rap verses themselves, but I, I like that little subtle guitar. I, it really kind of was cool. Was this one of your favorites or is one of your deeper tracks for you?
1: This is more of a deeper track because um I feel like this song was portraying like people kind of not, I wouldn't say bullying, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say that, but there's standoffs. You're you're facing off with people. You're trying to, you know, as you're trying to figure out what you're trying to do as your next stop, or someone's trying to, you know, poke fun at you. It's something that I've kind of grown up a little bit, you know what I mean? Um Being a big guy, being a lot of things. And, you know, it's, one of those songs I feel was a good deep cut and it's just the way, um, like you said, the guitar riffs and the way the band sings the song, you know, I, I know you're not here with the Mike Shinoda rapping, but the way these guys, again, they just do such a great job. And Chester and, and Mike were just two great guys um, on the band and to hear them. It was just hearing this. It, it always hits home. You know, <laughs> like I said, i mean love their songs, love their music. They were just, oh, God, I just wish um, Chester didn't go, man. I just wanted to know what else they could have done.
0: Yeah, You know, I would say that one of the things I did have an appreciation for listening to this is that there was so much care and so much attention to detail paid to alternating the vocals or even at times Chester singing like a high, almost harmony over the back behind the rap which was interesting again I, I don't dissect rap very often so to me that was it was a uh, an impressive uh part of this album easier to run as you track six and this comes in and I, again I, I like the guitar quite a bit i like the simple concept of realizing lyrically that running away from something difficult is just easier it's an easier way out
1: yeah uh, it is
0: how does this, uh, how does this track hit you? I mean, you know, what do you, what do you feel when you when you listen to
1: this one? So again, you know, um, for anybody who's gone through a lot of stuff, um, depression, anxiety, loss of somebody or loss of something, or you just mentally. And I mean, this not to put anybody down or anybody. I, I suffered for some things too, uh, growing up and, you know, being bullied and everything. But in the song, it, it does say it running away. It just makes it easier. Uh, ru- easier to run, you know, run from your problems, run from everything. But at, at the end of the day, you're going to have to face them all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the, the, the lyrics, it says it's easier to run replacing this pain with something numb. So that could be like, Hey, I'm going to go run away and go drink something or go yeah. do something. And it's easier to go, but then when it's all done, you're going to, f- you're going to be alone and facing the pain.
0: And yeah, it doesn't that's solve the that- problem.
1: It's not going to solve your problem. You have to face your problems straight up. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those songs that, again, Mike and Chester do such a great job. And it's just another great song that it just flows with the album, the way it's going from, you know, number two on, of course, number one is just one of those, uh, like you said, 13 second intro, but you know, you're listening to the album, you're, you're going, wow, that is really good.
0: And, and I, I just, again lyrically, I'm a lyrics guy too. I, I really like the idea mm-hmm. of just waking up to the fact that you realize that running away is the easier move, and that that's an important step in you know dealing with the problem. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm I'm not big on the if I could change, I would take pick the pain. I would, you know, it's like I'm not a rap guy. I I'm I'm a melody guy, and I think that's probably why like, I don't I don't bond with rap because rap is rhythm, and I'm, right. I'm a melody guy. So that's that's what hits my sweet spot but again i'm finding things to appreciate in all these songs and it's a little bit surprising uh to me because again this is a band outside my comfort zone and i appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that you picked one that was outside my comfort zone it's i mean if you would have said i don't know uh let's talk about genesis abacab i i've been like okay i don't even have to listen to that one i know that one, like the back of my hand
1: <laughs> you know that one and that would be like wow wait a minute, i don't know this one very well but yeah. I listen to it
0: uh, the band you know, comes in with faint. And what I liked about this one was the, the subtle keyboard part in the background and the, and again, mm-hmm. the crunchy guitar.
1: And again, the the lyrics. You know, it's funny. You know, who's playing the keyboard on that? You're going to laugh when I tell you this. Mike well, Shinoda. This
0: was, yeah. I was going to say Mike Shinoda did, uh, did some keyboards, a lot of them actually, uh, tracks two, five, six, eight through 10, and 12. Yeah. So he did a He actually plays words. a lot of the
1: guitars too. Yeah. He just, he's not just a rapper. He actually yeah. plays the, the, the instruments. Yeah. Samples, um, rhythm
0: guitar. Uh, he arranged strings for this album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, talented guy. Another one. Very talented. I mean, he's been in a couple other, you know, music songs. And I mean, I think his, his course of being the hip hop guy and Chester's more of the, the rocker, you know what I mean? It just, for some reason, this is the one band I could say that could pull it off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Truly to a true testament. I mean, Limp Bizkit, um, again, Fred Durst did a good job, but he just wasn't Linkin Park either. Yeah, he, he tried pulling his own. I mean, he did a great job. Don't get me wrong. He has great songs out there. I mean, as he's getting older, he's a little bit more seasoned. But like a song like Roland, he, he goes with a rapping, but he goes with a rock issue, with a the rock theme too. He's, his voice doesn't change as much as I feel like with these two changed a lot. You can get into it. You know, you go from that hip hop kind of thing to the rocker and you, and you're like, wow, this actually works very well for both of them. Mm-hmm. Faint
0: sounded like it was one of the the songs that you mentioned at the top. It was one of your favorites on, on the album also.
1: Yes, it was. Uh, Faint was one of those songs that I truly liked. A lot of it has to do with the lyrics because I don't know why it just sounded for me in my head, lyrically was one of my favorites cause I could sing it. And probably one of the easier ones I could do on karaoke if I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was just a great song. It, I know it was overplayed in the radio when it was at the time when it was radio. Um, but it's just a great song and, you know, and just truly, truly a mastery of both of these guys, the way they sang and, You know, uh, I believe it was actually the second single off the album too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but again, it's a great, great tune. Uh, They did a lot of great stuff to it. You know, I know it was in the top Hot 100. I think it uh, it was like it was on the top 100 for like 37 weeks on a chart. Um, It was huge all over the world. They were selling out concerts with this song, big time. You know, and it just shows you how far in two albums this band has come from.
0: Figure point oh nine is another song you mentioned at the top uh you know when we started to talk about the album what is this how does this song hit you uh, what you know what is it what does it mean to you
1: so something about the song uh, the way it starts off um, the, you know the the drums the the, the beats I, I don't know this song just makes me want to kind of shake my ass a little bit excuse my language <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes me want to dance a little bit you know what i mean but it's not like a true dance song it's just one of those songs that you hear it you know it you're like yes i love it keep singing you know what i mean again it, it's one of those songs that you hear the lyrics you're going wow what is up you know one of it is and now you become part of me you always be there be right there You've become a part of me. You'll always be my fear. So, again, it's talking about fear. It's talking about something that's going on. and But for some reason, it's the way they sing it with this rock. It almost had like a heavy rock song to it. So, again, truly an art of the song that these guys did and truly amazing how they could both sing it and pull it off.
0: Mm-hmm. So we go from there into Breaking the Habit. Again, I think a, a nice, subtle bit of guitar work here. And also for the first time, I actually wrote down and made a note about the drums because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the drumming and the bass work in on this album gets a little bit buried behind you know, the, the flashier guitar work and the vocals and the rapping and the production work um, and sampling and all of that kind of stuff somewhat Casts a shadow over the rhythm section here But I think here it comes to the forefront A little bit more
1: It does Another great song, Breaking the Habit I know the song was about a tendency of hurting Somebody or themselves mentally You know what I mean? So it's getting into your own head uh, Pretty much Like some people have like regrets or something And you you think you're in your own room And you're safe And something flicks again You know what I mean? So it, it. I think this was a song that someone was trying to cry for help. It definitely showed how music has helped their fans with low self-esteem, trauma, anything that connects the band to them. And I think that's what they were going for. Like, here, we're going to give you great music. You're not the only one that's suffering. We are too. This is something we want to give to the fans or to the listeners. You know what I mean? And that's. I think that's what... Connected their fans, their fan base to Linkin Park a lot, too. And that was probably a lot for me, too. Tell
0: me about From the Inside. I've been I've been kind of kicking off each song and saying something about it. You tell me about From the Inside.
1: So From the Inside. Oh, man, let's talk about that one. So From the inside, it's a little bit of a harder rock uh, song again, just like Breaking the Habit. It is definitely I don't know if I would call it a deep cut. But it was their fourth single off the album. Um, You know, uh, you hear Chester, you hear them singing. It's just, uh, how can I say? It's just, uh, again, it's about life that's happening. Um, You know, these guys sing. They're singing from, I think, past experiences or experience that these guys are doing. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. I just feel like the beat to the song to everything that they do is just one of those songs that you're like, wow. And that's what that song does for me. It just moves me. And you know, it just has this beat. I just, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just truly good.
0: So we go from there to nobody's listening, the 11th track on the album. This one I thought is, was extremely relatable lyrically because I think everybody's been frustrated and angry when they feel like their voice isn't being heard. And that. Is, is very much in, I mean, it's not a concept that goes throughout the album, but I think it's a recurring theme in the album is that, you know, I'm angry. I'm not getting out across what I'm trying to get across. People aren't listening to me. Right. I'm, uh, you know, I'm hurting all of these things kind of come out throughout this album.
1: Right. And again, uh, I think Chester had some, some of the lyrics on this album a little bit more than Mike did. But I think it's also, it could have been a cry for help at the time. Maybe we just don't know mm-hmm. um, what what went into these. Yes, it is saying like, hey, what's going on? Why, you know, why isn't anybody helping me? Why is anybody doing this? Um, it, it was something different. And, you know, they, I think there was like a, like a flute in the song too, if I remember correctly, that they kept working on. And it was like a loop in the song. Mm-hmm. And I think Chester gave one of his, best performances too on this album as they say i thought the whole album was great you know again and it's just one of those songs again that you're just you're just trying to figure was he trying to say something to us you know was chester or mike even trying to say something to us because everyone suffers from something
0: yeah it's the lyrics are not subtle I mean if this was a if this was a, an actual cry for help then I mean it was a pretty obvious one because it's the, the lyrics are very in your face they're very much there's no misinterpreting them it's like you're, no, you're not mean, getting it you're not listening to me
1: yeah or it could be a fight between friends yeah. you never know
0: yeah well and your your ears are good too because David Zasloff does some play something called the shakuhachi flute on this track
1: right okay so I, w- I was right something was a little different i just couldn't remember if it was if i was hearing it correctly or it wasn't but again you have to you have to give it all when you're listening to these albums you, you gotta go like wow wait a minute what is up <laughs> um you know and that's something like brian does very well too he picks them on, on those little subtle things very well yeah, yeah. Um, um, that's and that's what i love
0: yeah, it's it's cool when you when you can pick out something that's different. That's uh, I, I'm always on the lookout for things that are a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit different um, mm. usage of instruments or or you know things that are used in ways that aren't. They don't normally use them and that kind of thing. So that was it was an interesting addition to that song, and you know the songs. Yeah. Some of these songs do have cellos and violas and violins on them, um, oh, yeah. but but that's. You know, that is the only, as far as I know, that's the only wind uh, instrument.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I think that was the only time we've heard a woodwind instrument, too. From
0: the <laughs> yeah. Um, session is the penultimate song. Uh, again, I think the drumming on this one was really good. Um not sure how you pronounce his name. Is it Rob Borden?
1: I think it was Rob Borden. I, I, can, I never get these guys. You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny you say that because I can never say the somebody's name right either. Yeah. But yes, I believe it is Rod Borden. I just can't never. I had trouble with Rod Felicetti's name from Bowling for Soup, so <laughs> now I get it right because he's not. I don't think he's right in front of me this time, but um, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I guess because you know you're, you're you're dealing with somebody who's a star, so I I might have gotten starstruck, got a little nervous, like wow, I'm mentioning this guy's name and I messed it up <laughs> somehow. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting but uh i i like the drumming i think he really gets a spotlight here um mm-hmm. the one note that i did make dislike uh note that i wrote down was the digital glitchy sound in the production I that kind of it's like when you're listening to a song streaming and it starts to go a, yeah a little awry a little and it's yep. yeah, I'm like I'm trained to know that that's a bad sound. So don't put it in my music kind of thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things unfortunately um that it does it it's not that bad glitch like everyone thinks it is. Um yeah. it's just it's just part of the song that um uh the DJ was putting into it, you know what I mean? It was I felt like the drum solo was good enough uh but added like you said that that little Glitch kill kill something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I mean, I, like I say, no harm, no foul. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, me. we end the album in I think a fantastic way. Uh, a song that I will actually listen to beyond listening to it for this show. Numb is the the album closer here. My favorite uh, song on the album by a wide margin, very strong melody line, great vocals from Bennington. You know, obviously it's got the little caught in the undertow rap, which I'm I'm not a fan of, but I can, I can kind of mm. overlook it because the rest of the song is just really good.
1: It is truly a great song. Probably my second favorite one. So if I was putting a track list, it would be somewhere I belong <laughs> and numb right behind each other. Pro Again, Chester's vocals to this song was so unreal. Now, Brian and I, we love watching our YouTube videos. <laughs> there is a video of this song without the music, and all you're hearing is Chester's voice.
0: Oh, okay. I'll have to look for that.
1: The hair on the back of my neck is standing right now when I say it. How good his voice was. The you know, the way the way he sings the song, it was just unreal. They took everything away from it. And it's just him singing it, and it was the video too, actually, that they did it for. And it was just—I don't know—it was just so powerful hearing that voice without the music. You're—you're you're gonna be like, "Wow, that's really, really good," and shocking. And yeah, that caught in the undertow, just caught in the undertow. I get it, but I think that's what made this song even better. Even though I—I I get your the the hip hop of the stuff that mm-hmm. you not like all the time. But for some reason, probably the best hook in the song too. Um, because every step that I take is another mistake to you. I feel like it was saying like he was trying to try to do something better, but he messed it up again, just like anybody can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Another lyric, I'm holding too tightly, afraid to lose control. Anybody who you know was pushing close to the edge I feel like is like you're holding too tight, and you're, you know, like um, in the the first album, uh, one step closer. That's the best way I could put it. One step closer to the edge. I'm about to break. That's a song lyric from the first album, and I feel like this is the one. This is like the continuation of that song, but in a different version. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's not that heavy, but it's not that hard or soft. I guess is the best way to put it. But the melodies, the way they sing it, both of them, fits it, and it's just a great song. I was surprised that this ended the album too. At the time when it came out, I thought this would have been like in the middle tracks. You know what I mean? I didn't think this would end the album.
0: Yeah, I wonder where this song would be if it were pre-CD times, so where it was just record or cassette. You know, where are you going to put that on the on the album?
1: If I was doing a record. It would probably, I would probably put it on the B side. Um, just because it's just one of those songs. Like when you're comparing to Somewhere I Belong, Faint and all them. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it, it has this deep cut song to it. it it's more of a B sider, but it was, it gained popularity like crazy though. Mm-hmm. That's the funny thing. So it makes you wonder back in the, you know, when records were out, where would it fall in?
0: Yeah, I don't know where where you go with it um because stylistically I think it's I think it probably gets put last on the album because of the tone compared to the tone of the other songs is a little bit different. Mm. Um but it was too strong of a of a track to just leave off and leave till the next album. They had to get that thing out there and uh, I think it's again like if I get nothing else out of my uh, listens to this album, uh, just you know, prep uh, in preparation for talking to you about it, I will always be listening mm-hmm. to that song because it really was a great song.
1: It is. It's true, and uh, and a lot of people, like I said, they'll get drawn to that one or they get drawn to another song. But I, it was a true masterpiece album too for them, being their second album. You know what I mean? It was three years later after Hybrid Theory, so uh a, a, a true contestment of these guys of where they are or where they were i should really say you know lyrically at the time you got to think of how old they were back in the day compared to what they are now mm-hmm. you know would mike should be rapping more or would he be more like like doing more of a melody not hip-hopping you know what i mean we don't know and that's something that that question will never be answered
0: mm. so you look back at this album now you clearly it still speaks to you because you you know you said it was your favorite record when when I asked you you know what your favorite record was and and so mm-hmm. clearly it still speaks to you. How often do you listen to it? Do you listen to it every month, every week?
1: Um, you know, it, it, a couple of their songs is on my lists. You know, when I you know if I, I have a, a Lincoln Park list, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if I want to listen to the whole album, at least I'm going to say once every month or every other month I'll be listening to it just because I want to hear. The whole thing again it's just one of those albums again if i if i if i pop it i mean well, pop it on my cd player is not the right words <laughs> if i hit it on my stream list on on spotify or amazon or something i'm gonna sit there i'm gonna listen to the whole album without a doubt um especially when i'm driving um you know or even at work when i when there's not many customers coming in i could just pop it in i could listen to it and I, and I, and I'll sing the words to it. Cause I know it. That's how many times I listened to the album. You know, someone told me stop singing cause I can't harmonize with them. And I said, I wasn't, I wasn't born to be a singer, but I don't mock your singing either. <laughs> and they're like, that's true.
0: I think we were all born to be singers, just not always in front of other people.
1: <laughs> true. I mean, I've done uh, many a karaoke shows from uh, with Brian Actually, me and him, like we said, we used to go to the karaoke bars back in our day growing up, too. And when you follow up as a singer of Brian, who can sing Naughty by Nature's OPP very well without skipping a beat, and then you follow him up with maybe a Stain. It's been a while. It's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> so, Or singing. Uh, we actually did um, one of the Lincoln Park songs together, too, actually, one time. And we were cracking up. Um, I think it was actually somewhere I belong, too to go figure
0: that sounds like a stupid question to ask somebody on playlist wars but are you a you're more a playlist guy than an album guy usually
1: um i was more of a playlist guy yes mm-hmm. um i think that's another reason why i think the show works good but as i'm listening to the uh to the songs too i actually have an appreciation now for listening to the whole album um now as i've gotten older. Uh, especially, um, you know, like I said, Eric Church was not in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a big country guy. But listening to his music and listening to all his albums, I was like, wow, I could really appreciate now the music and the talent and the work that's put into an album. And, you know, either if it's Eric Church, Tom Petty, Metallica, or Linkin Park, or Judas Priest, Anthrax, all these guys, you got to appreciate the time and effort that these guys put into it Mm -hmm. to a, to making a very good album and have albums have flopped. Yes, they have. But if you love that band, you know, they didn't make a floppy album. It's just somebody saying that, Uh, you know, I never, I never heard, I say to now, I don't think I've ever heard a bad album. Okay. Well, I thank you for
0: picking this record because I, I never would have explored it otherwise. And you know, like I said, it's, there are blind spots in our listening experiences. I, everybody has them. When I grew up, um, mm-hmm. I did not, I did not gravitate tate, like all my friends did to a lot of the bands that my friends listened to. They listened to. I had a, I had friends that liked the Doors and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, and I just could not be bothered. It, it was just like, and Bruce Springsteen was another. But as I got into college, and I actually. Expanded my palate a little bit and expanded my mind and opened my mind a little mm-hmm. bit. And I, I I went back and rediscovered them. But there's a lot of those blind spots out there. I've I've recently connected with the back catalog of Linda Ronstadt, for example. You know, I'd heard the hits, but okay. I, I'm not, I watched the I watched the documentary about her, and I'm like, oh okay, let's explore this because this is a, a gap in my in my listening experience. And that's the thing is you. You have Spotify and you have access to, I don't know, tens of millions of records and you've, that you've never heard. And you, you just try to d- quickly do the calculus in your brain and go, I'm not going to live long enough to hear them all. That's really kind of sad.
1: <laughs> it is. But the, that's why I think now as I'm getting older, you know, uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> I'm turning 42 this year. And I, and I take the appreciation now listening to the album and saying, wow, really enjoy it. And Mm -hmm. I got to appreciate what the artists do for the listeners. Um, You know, as now as a still semi young podcast and podcaster. (laughs) um, One thing I've learned is to appreciate everything that's there for you because Mm -hmm. you don't realize a lot of things anymore. And, you know, like a Tom Petty. I didn't realize a couple other songs that are like, wow, this was really good. But I never heard it on it until I listened to the album. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, there's a lot of them out there. And, you know, Queen was another one that we just recently recorded. That's coming out soon for us. And I said, wow, I go. Freddie Mercury had such a great voice back in the day, especially watching the movie, but not just his hits, but listening to other cuts of the album was so refreshing. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize this man could be so talented yeah. in the short time he did everything. And I praise him for that. And I mean, of course, Wayne's World rebooted that career for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. on top of it. Because who would have thought that movie would bring back that song from the 70s or the you know, late early 70s? Who would have ever thought?
0: And- it was such an unlikely hit to begin with. And then to have a resurgence like that was... Was interesting. It is unbelievable,
1: and then all his music was resurgence again. So, it just shows a testimony on how people are now listening more. It's more than just the words, or it's more than just the list. Mm-hmm. It's all about the album, and it's a you know what you what you really take into it. I was a little
0: I don't want to say disappointed, but Queen was on the short list of bands that if you ever had me on, I, w- I was going to suggest them. <laughs> so, well, it's like, we oh. did. Uh, yeah, we did
1: do Queen, but. You know, we're more than happy. If you want to jump on our show, uh, you're more than welcome to come. We're oh, always I think happy. it'd be a blast. Yeah. I think i will have a blast with Brian and me. Um, you know, we do have some awesome episodes coming up soon. We're going to be recording again. You know, we got a, uh, we have, like I said, we just recorded the, and re- just released our 90s hip hop with our buddy, Doug Miller. We are going to have some other stuff coming up. Michael, we'd love to, to join us in our show at Playlist Wars. Definitely. You know, we definitely like to hear what you want to want to talk about, and put, let's put our top <laughs> ten against you. Okay. You know, you you could be the big winner at playlist. We'll talk, we'll,
0: we'll talk offline about it. We'll talk a, a yeah. little bit offline. That way, we'll keep the suspense.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep the suspense going. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, thanks again for the Lincoln Park uh, suggestion. Again, like at least now that I've had time to go back and listen to this album mm-hmm. and listen to hybrid theory because I, I i have to get context for the second album by listening to the first album
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I just felt like that was just doing a disservice by not listening right. to the first album. so i have an appreciation for them as a band now in terms of i understand why people like them i understand what right. people see in them and and why they're popular enough that i mean i think a couple of their songs may have a billion streams some of them have you know tens of millions and you know, I I would not have known why had I not had this deep dive. I would have just been like, people people have terrible taste. But no, I, I have a better understanding for who they are now and what they were trying to do. Yeah, and they're good at what they do. It doesn't necessarily always speak to me, but they're good at what they do, and I I I would never utter any bad word about anybody that that digs their tunes because I understand what you know what they see in them
1: right and that's just like for anybody though these days uh any band so but i'm I'm very i'm very proud to be on the show with you man i can't thank you enough for inviting me on your show too it yeah, was a it was great. a pleasure and an honor man thank you so where much where can
0: people find you gomez on uh on social
1: so um uh, my social media definitely you can find me on uh twitter uh because i do tweet a lot now and uh, my twitter handle is at gomez 79 and then you guys can find me at Playlist Wars, uh, definitely there. And uh, Instagram is our Playlist Wars podcast. Uh, that's where you can find us most of the time, actually. Mm-hmm. Most of the time now is definitely Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun place to hang out.
1: It is. And like I said, I've met some awesome, awesome podcasters, uh, you know, especially you. And, you know, thank you for inviting me on your show tonight. Uh, like I said, it's a true honor. And it was uh, awesome to talk. Uh, about music and different things you know it was it was truly awesome
0: well as, Jer- as jersey boys have to stick together so yeah, exactly um, <laughs> so it was great having you on i appreciate you being my uh, my guest on this if you're watching this video please uh, you know like it hit subscribe if you if you enjoyed what you what you saw here go check out playlist wars their podcast is excellent it's always fun you might find yourself yelling at Gomez in the car or yelling at Brian or yelling at the guest saying just telling them how wrong they are for for not picking your song or whatever. But uh, it's I think that's what what's so fun about it is that you can totally agree with one of you guys or even all of you guys when you have a trifecta on one song. And then uh, at the end, uh, you know, when you get to that number 10 and your song isn't on there, then you can get mad so you can be happy and mad at the same time. It's it's a fun show. I enjoy it. Thanks so much for being my guest. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this, please give us a rating and, and write a review. That's how we get uh, we get more listeners. So I appreciate that. And uh, and Gomez, great. Uh, best of luck to you with the show. And I can't wait to be a guest.
1: Uh, no problem. Thank you so much again.
0: Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro logographic courtesy of jerry cutchins follow michael's record collection on social media at mike's records on twitter and michael's record collection on facebook youtube and instagram if you like what you hear you can support the show through our patreon at patreon.com slash michael's record collection for the free newsletter version go to substack.com and just type michael's record collection into the search bar thanks for listening